Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty much booked up almost every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for until, like, October, and then Unfit Wives and my new album are coming out, so I'm trying to, like, just leave some dates open. What, do you have, like, a day job or something? I do have a day job, but I mean, because <laughs> I'm in, like, three or four different bands, so between everything, I'm just pretty much in every Friday and Saturday and Sunday booked. Working Woman is the title of the first record, <laughs> correct? Yeah. So you kind of set yourself up to Yeah. Big city, yeah. Kansas City, how you feeling? Welcome to Center Cuts, episode 19. I'm your host, Patrick Spray. Today is, gotta look at that calendar, thank goodness, Chris. June, May, April, we said 2021. May 25th. Thank you, May 25th. I'm a little intimidated here. We have our first in-person guest in a long time. We have Miss Jenna Ray from Lost Cowgirl Records. How are you doing, Jenna? Hey, Kansas City, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Chris Mowry and I are just giddy being in his home, although I was here just two days ago. I don't believe we've had an in-person episode since Mark Manning, and I didn't do my homework on how it's been four months, Chris? It's been a few months for sure, yeah. So we've been masked up this whole time, but the three of us have all been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Jenny, you've probably been vaccinated forever. Christmas Eve. Oh, is that right? Yeah, hopefully it's not wearing off at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, okay, I'm not going to laugh. Um, people are still dying. It's a horrible situation. Not I'm glad we are all vaxxed, though. I actually asked Jenna, where do I start? I know we're going to talk about the calendar here for a second, but I should just say right now, Jenna is also a nurse. And one of the questions we asked off air is, you know, what's it been like being at, you're at KU, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are doctors and nurses also getting vaccinated? Because for some strange reason, I hear some people that aren't. Mm-hmm. But from, from your yeah. standpoint... Yep, from where I'm working, I work uh, in a burn and wound clinic, and I think everybody has gotten their vaccines. I know there was definitely people that were scared in the beginning, um, even people in healthcare, um, and you know, young women especially worried about mm-hmm. different things. Um, but you know, everything that's come out has been so positive about it, and I just had to think, you know what, we've been had such a shortage of nurses and doctors, and now they're saying, go get this first. Like, they're not going to put our lives in danger. Right. right. Put all the frontline healthcare workers in danger, and I just trusted it and, and went with it. So, right. you know. Just want to say, though, before we really jump in, I mean, our focus is, you know, music, music industry, and your record label. Just want to thank you for your service, being yes, on the, truly on the front lines, Jenna. Uh, I appreciate it's, it. It's a... It's a tough occupation and life. I compare it to being a teacher sometimes. You know, you're just dealing with sick people uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. It's been a crazy past year, but just thankful to be on, hopefully, on the other side now and mm-hmm. getting to play music again. And we are so thankful to have you today. Uh, and we were talking about the calendar. This is, I think, the first time I haven't had my hand-printed calendar in front of me. What What's on your radar in the next week month two months it does not have to be music related anything going on in your life yeah besides working we have a lot going on um i know this is maybe coming out june 1st you guys were saying so Mm -hmm. um just some shows um june 11th i'll be at uh ph coffee a solo show and then um 
that's a Kansas City, Missouri, I think is where it is. And then on the 13th, I'll be with my bluegrass band, Unfit Wives at Stockyards. Um, that's a Sunday. I think they're starting a Sunday series. Yeah, I saw. they've got mm. uh, bluegrass every Sunday. I, and it's an outdoor show. Um, if it rains or any kind of weather cancels it, they're rescheduling it for the following Wednesday. Oh, great. So, But they're not really having the, any indoor option right now. Just great. Outdoor only. I was just at PH Coffee last week and we'll be there again tomorrow. When you say solo show for you, does it mean you and a guitar? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Unfit Wives. Mm-hmm. That's four of you. Yep. Four, four to five, actually. We have a new member. Oh, I think Shannon I saw had that. a baby. Okay. And so we hired a banjo player to sit in, and now we're really loving playing with her. So we'll, oh, we'll see what happens over the next couple months. We have a new album that we're releasing. Um, we recorded, actually, it's my first album that I recorded and produced. Wow. Uh, my partner, Martin Farrell, he helped me with all the mixing and mastering. And, you know, the first few times where I was getting the room set up, we just did live recording. Um, What's the date on that, Jenna? Uh, it'll be out. We won't hold you to it if it the changes. The third Friday in September. Okay. And that's when we're going to be at Winfield, which we're a bluegrass band. Oh yeah, know, big time. Right. We were trying to find a good date, but we're pretty. Ex- we already have our CDs, and we have actually been selling CDs before the release um, at our first show that we've had, and we're getting vinyl too. So nice. pretty exciting. We're kind of trying this different technique of getting in the physical stuff and starting to sell that before Mm -hmm. the digital release yeah and why not yeah that's what we just figured out like you know let's just push it out and um you know try to actually get all these copies sold that we're ordering so let's dig into that when we start talking about the label itself yeah i'm very curious your thoughts on vinyl any other things on your radar in the next so then i was just realizing today, Martin and I will be playing on Father's Day in Lawrence, Kansas at the Replay Lounge. So we're going to make it kind of a special Father's Day show. We didn't realize we booked a Father's Day show <laughs> when we agreed to oh, June 20th. So we figured, you know what, let's just make, you know, learn some old songs for dad and try to make it kind of a special show. They they just reopened. I know Fally and iHeart Music, I think, teamed up with Q. Was that just three weeks ago, maybe for their first indoor show? And then I think they're doing, I know we have something with the Black Creatures in July, like July 2nd, but it's a matinee outside. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be inside or outside? Outside. Okay. Yeah, cool. they do Sunday matinees um, at the Replay Lounge are really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a really great space for it. Yeah. Okay. They have okay. an indoor space as well, but the, the outdoor one is amazing. The outdoor patio for, yeah, Sunday. They always do... Um, I know Carswell's done it a few times. Right. Stuff like that, yeah. Jenna lives in Stoll. So for you, Lawrence is pretty easy. What's that drive for you? Mm-hmm. I was like 20, 20 minutes from our house in Stoll. And then coming to, to, to most of the venues in Lawrence. And then coming to Kansas City? What's that? About 50 minutes. Because you're working here mm-hmm. at KU. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I make the drive a lot. Luckily, have one very gas efficient car right now to do all the commuting there you go but it's you know we we wanted to live out in the country um partially because of our studio and sometimes Mm -hmm. our sleeping hours when we're producing an album Mm -hmm. we just will want to record drums at one in the morning and (laughs) so we just started looking for places and then we found this amazing home out in Stoll our living room is huge and that's where we have our studio set up and yeah we're kind of just 
found exactly what we needed and we had already been playing a lot in Lawrence and really growing um, our following there and Unfit Wives, uh, two of those members live in Lawrence so it all kind of makes sense for us to go out there but I'm from Kansas City, all my family is from here I think now that I live in Lawrence on my my dad's side of the family, I'm like the person that lives the farthest away and people are like, oh. we can't believe you don't live here I'm like, I live like 40 minutes away, it's not that bad not that far but I do a lot of driving. To Sounds from, like it. So. Yeah, be safe. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm looking at Mr. Mowry's computer screen here. He's he's way more prepared than I am with a calendar. Chris, Chris what's going on in your world? Um, so <clears throat> June 1st, right, we're releasing this. So that week, um, Wednesday, June 2nd, uh, is our first movie night out there uh, with Screenland Armor. <clears throat> Oh, that's and, the first night, June second. Yeah, June second, okay. and um, we're showing uh, local filmmaker slash musician Matthew Donahue's uh, feature film, Wretch. Um, he's the uh, singer songwriter of Doris Henson and Slides. Uh, so this is a film that he made a, a year or two ago, I believe. Tell me the name of his studio. It's like Elk Pride <clears throat> Ooh, Pictures. No... Is that the name of his company? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. I see it he's here in the corner. Talented. I can't. Uh, I can't enhance that, but there is, there is like elk-like antlers there. So I he, believe you're he correct. He filmed those pieces. We partnered with um, Heartland Song <clears throat> Network for Folk Alliance and filmed those pieces for us at the MTH Theater. Just beautiful work. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, and then this is this is what I, I shouldn't refer to it this way, but this is what we're referring to as Hell Week at Lemonade Park. Uh, just because it's so crazy. Chris, I, it, all those dates are March. I got tickets to that one right so there. So Thursday, June 3rd is Making Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the next night is Camp Encourage presents an evening with the Rents. I believe this is um, uh, kids with autism and stuff are uh, working with uh, local comedians and they're doing like stand up mm. um, in front of their parents and things mm-hmm. to like, help them with uh, public speaking and stuff. So it's very, very cool little thing there. Uh, the Pitch and District present Dream Girl, the Moose, and We the People, June 5th. That's killer lineup. Um, a lot more stuff about District uh, will definitely be announced soon. I have some fun stuff to announce with that um, coming in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, June 5th, it's like District's launch party. They are a um, a podcast platform, uh, hyper-localized. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to do a lot of really cool things. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Dream Girl, The Moose, We the People, and uh, DJ John is the New Black. That's John Marzette. I'll be DJing. And then we have, that is the Saturday. Then the Sunday is an evening with Waxahachie and Kevin Morby. Sold out. Wow. Monday, same thing. Tuesday, same thing. Oh my gosh. Wednesday is uh, our second movie, uh, which I'm Classic. very stoked for. A Mighty Wind <laughs> uh, will be shown uh, Wednesday, June 9th. Uh, 7.30. Wow. Um, love that movie. So stoked for that. And we got a lot of lot of other really good stuff uh, coming up there. You can check everything out at LemonadeParkKC.com. Just go to the upcoming shows tab. All the movies, all of that stuff is there. And really interesting with the movies, too, is you have a watch the trailer button. You just click that, and it'll take you right there to watch Ooh. a trailer for the movie. If you are unfamiliar, like, yeah, we the next, the next one after that is Wednesday, June 16th. Uh, shut up and play the hits. Uh... The very loud ending of LCD Sound System is a documentary 
uh, slash concert film about their uh, last quote unquote their farewell show their farewell show mm-hmm. at um, Madison Square Garden so it'll sound really good through the uh, oh. speakers out there at Lemonade so if you're a big fan of LCD sound system come check that out because it'll be that'll be that'll be fun as, as you mentioned Chris I mean that you know, if I had my calendar in front of me kicking off with that making movie show that Thursday we, we have a big event the next day on June 4th at uh, Union Station we partnered up with um, Kemet Coleman and Trustaval yes and Casey Streetcar and so we're gonna have the black creatures with them outside of Union Station for first Friday very nice that next day so Woodyard barbecue they were doing shows a couple years ago right um, Ernie Locke and his group Sop Choppy are gonna be there that'd be a great place Jenna actually I'll see if I can get some information yeah on how to book some shows there uh, and then that Monday we have tickets to Kevin Morby uh, as you mentioned <clears throat> that whole next week it pretty much just lifts off from them we have a big showcase on the 18th with our artists mm-hmm. the black creatures and kadesh flow and the freedom affair wanted to give some shouts out to um, the black box they've got some great things going on there in the west bottoms um, we're excited to do a few shows there i think they're the one they just announced recently is um, lava dreams and jazz and kenna coleman yeah um lovely space we just did a show at the ship last friday have you have you been there mm-hmm. since they've been in the alley? Yeah. Did you all perform there? Uh, we haven't performed there yet. Oh, you need to, Jenna. It's a very lovely really cool. experience, um, and different than you know, obviously from being indoors. It's it's just you're not right up on top of the speakers. It sounds great. I mean, Lemonade Park sounds phenomenal. Yeah. And I wanted to end with I I went to Knuckleheads for the I came to Chris's on Sunday for a barbecue and then went to Knuckleheads for the first time and I don't know long for a Sunday jam session. It was crazy. Um, how good the artists were you know mm-hmm. just sitting in and rotating oh yeah and uh that's what i go to they've they've really you know tried to keep the lights on this past year and i see that they're you know it just they're just coming left and right shows and yeah. big shows too uh chris agarian's got a show tonight everybody every tuesday and he's going to release his concert calendar this same day next tuesday so be on the lookout for that but starting to feel jenna like You've only got one day off, right? Yep. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe you got the day off. Cowgirl Records, and we're in Chris Mowry's home. Super excited. Talked a little bit about our calendar. Jenna, I know you mentioned, we're going to dig into your life now, so you know, be prepared to bear it all. I'm ready. <laughs> I know you mentioned you're from Kansas. I think you're, is it from Miriam? Yep, that's From right. Miriam. You have a good memory. Well, I studied your website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do a little homework. I tried to. I've been slacking these last few episodes. Um, so grew up in Kansas. 
what's the, I always ask people the same kind of regular questions. Uh, your family's from here or? Yep. Long time? Yeah. So my dad owns a heating and air conditioning business called McCarty Mechanical. McCarty? And it's on Merriam Drive that turns into Southwest Boulevard, actually right by that Woodyard Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Near that that you were talking about. Okay. You know, on that same road. Okay. Two miles um, more into Kansas. But yeah, I grew up here and my grandpa owned the business before my dad did. And I watched my dad own a business and told myself, I will never own a business. So I went and got a nursing degree. My mom's a physical therapist, so I kind of had the medical in my life. And I was like, that looks good. You know, just go to work, come home, not worry about things. And then about five years ago is when Lost Cowgirl Records was born and decided, uh, I guess I did. I, I want to own a business after all. So Interesting. Um, but yeah, all my family is here. And uh, I actually went to church in Kansas City, Kansas, a Methodist church. A lot of my family goes to as well. And I, I guess that was kind of my introduction. I sang in the choir there. Um, and I played saxophone um, growing up, like from elementary school all the way through college and still do play some saxophone. You mentioned later tonight you're gonna go see your sister-in-law. You've got siblings here? Yep. Yeah, I have an older brother and a younger brother. Uh, my older brother is a bass player and a dad now. He has two little kids. Um, bass player, like professionally? No, just for me sometimes. Oh, okay. And, but he was in a band when I was in um, high school. Okay. When we were in high school, he's only like a year and a half older than me, so we were pretty close. And, you know, I had the same group of friends, and he um, had a band that, um, I guess that was kind of my introduction to more of the music scene is, Hmm. you know, back then seeing him play. And what kind of music was he playing? um, Punk rock, I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not a cover band. Uh, some covers, Green Day, Sublime. Okay. It's hard to remember. Okay. And uh, maybe blending a few of his band projects together. Okay. But yeah, I was, was the only girl. It's funny, my uh, the doctor that I work with, he's a real smart guy, knows a lot of different languages, and uh, just knows all this information. And one day was picking out all the nurses that he worked with. He was going through and was like, you seem like you're an only child and you seem like was going through it. and he was picking everybody like probably I saw him pick like seven people and say like exactly their birth order just mm, by the way mm. that they act it was it was impressive then he mm. got to me he's like Jenna I am not sure about you and so I think you know because I'm the only girl and right in the middle for some reason I don't have the usual uh, second child syndrome or whatever right. they say right um, but it sounds like there was some music going on in the house so you did some things at church. Mm-hmm. Big bro played bass. Yep. And then my mom is a drummer. My dad plays guitar. So Again, professionally? Or just, no, just rocking out the, on the weekends? At the church. Oh, okay. I make him play with me sometimes. <laughs> oh, my mom and dad fantastic. play at the church. And then um, my brother, we've had like a family band sometimes where they sit in and play some of my music. Did you have f- formal training as a child? Or, I mean, saxophone, you don't just pick that thing up usually. Um, or was that when you were older? Just, uh, you know, like growing up, like in elementary school, you're in a whatever band they have classes. And, okay. But I mean, I took it pretty seriously. I was, you know, in the marching band, in the jazz band in high school. And then whenever I went to uh, 
nursing school, I was not planning to keep with the saxophone, but Pitt State, where I went, actually has like an incentive where you actually make money to play in their bands. Great. Other colleges, you actually, like, I think at K-State, to be in their marching band, you have to raise money. Like you have to pay. Yeah, it's stuff. expensive. I think with all the traveling. Yeah, life. but Pitt State—it's a smaller school, and they have a really great nursing school. And I heard you got paid to be in the band, so I went and auditioned, and was—I was not expecting to keep playing. Um, but I mean, I loved it, but I just was expecting to kind of go into nursing more. I had plans of being a nurse practitioner back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was in the marching band at Pitt State and ended up forming a folk rock band with some girls. And at that point, I picked up the banjo, just kind of messing around. I didn't really know anything about guitar or banjo other than, you know, people in my family play. And I'm like, was wanting to learn something new. And so at that time, I had this band. We had a folk rock band named Dead Eye, And we ended up getting a weekly gig. And so I was in nursing school and playing in this band. And then... Were those originals, folk rock? Uh, It was all sorts of old country and new stuff, originals. We did eventually record an album. Um, It's not out anywhere. It's on CD. I love CDs. Yeah, I'll have to get you one. I'm ready. We recorded it with Rob Nold, actually. I don't know if you know Rob Nold. Mm -mm. He's recorded a lot of people, um, you know, folk style. And we recorded several places. We were... You know, had never done any kind of studio work and recording to a click track was what we did first. I think we won like a Battle of the Bands one time. And this is when I was still living in Pittsburgh, but we came to Kansas City and did some Battle of the Bands that was at Mike Kelly's. We ended up winning and we got some recording time and attempted to record things to a click track. And it just, we felt like it had no energy. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, you know, I think we recorded two other places, still weren't happy with it, and then we recorded live with Rob Nold in his basement, and we actually were happy with hmm. the way it sounded. It had, we thought it sounded most like us. Um, so yeah. What what was on the home stereo? Like what kind of things were you? So obviously your brother was in a kind of, I call it punk rock wave two. Yeah. <laughs> More pop punk, I uh-huh. suppose. Your parents were they into? Yeah. My, I know my grandma's, I think her favorite um, artist was Marty Robbins. Mm. So I was introduced to country at a very young age. And then I think for a while I steered away from it and got more into the punk rock and different things. And um, then kind of rediscovered it with bluegrass playing banjo and um, came back to it later. Um, but yeah, my parents both love country. And I think for a while, no, not record collections. Mainly they listen to the radio. Okay. And I've been kind of introducing them now more to local music. Um, But yeah, old country and then even the new stuff they listen to on the radio. Trying to think in Merriam, too, growing up, like, did you go to record stores as a kid? There was a great place, Capers Corner, that was over there. Is that Johnson Drive? It was legendary. I'm, I'm old, Jenna, so... It may it may have been gone by your time. Yeah, I don't think I was really into like records. I know there's or like CDs or cassettes or whatever. Just going to a record store. Yeah, um, I think we were mainly into like burning CDs back then. Sure, yep. burning mix like illegally downloading stuff right. and burning it onto mixed CDs. I feel like that's what I listened to mostly. Okay. But I do remember, um, I asked my mom if this was an accurate memory because I shared this with someone else recently, but my grandma loved country so much 
and I think my grandma passed away when she was only 59 from cancer that I think I feel like my mom kind of stopped listening to country for a while because it would just remind her of my grandma so much and I asked her I was like is this an accurate memory or was this just my representation and she said I think that is kind of true so she kind of got into light rock for a while after my grandma passed Mm -hmm. away and I think I also like kind of got away from country for a while but feel like it's in my blood that memory well yeah your grandmother probably wants you to continue to keep that flame alive yeah what led you to um what led you to pittsburgh what did you know you were going to go into nursing yeah oh really mm-hmm. yeah I, for a long time i knew i wanted to be a nurse and couldn't really think of anything else so i i don't know it's just something i always for a long time i've known i was going to be a nurse and music came about later um and yeah, it was honestly the saxophone, having that, getting paid to play the saxophone yeah. when I had no idea that I would get that opportunity uh, drew me to Pitt State. And it was also like a really inexpensive, I think it's the second most inexpensive nursing school in Kansas. And I also liked that to get there, you get on 69 South and mm-hmm. drive for two hours straight. You don't have to make any turns because I'm really bad at directions. Mm-hmm. And my mom liked that too. She's like, you're going to have no trouble getting there or finding it. You're not going <laughs> to get <shot>. lost. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a draw too. I always find, we have a 17 year old, so he's going to be a senior in high school next year. And I always find it interesting. I had no idea what I wanted to do going into getting out of high school. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I think a lot of people just went to school at that time just because you just went to school. And it's interesting to find people that they actually have known. I mean, I liked, I liked reading and writing, so I kind of knew I wanted to teach potentially. But uh, it's interesting to meet people who have known. They knew at 17 and 18, this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. they're very happy still doing it at age you know, 60 or 70. Well, and something else that I thought was interesting, like, you know, I got out of school, like, because I you know, nursing school's a four-year degree. I got out and I still had friends that were like, oh, that's great. Like, you've already graduated college. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe just pick something you're going to make money in and go to school <laughs> for it. Because at this point now, like, you're still doing, like, the same job. But yeah. my uncle, I remember, told me, you know, do what you love on the side and then find on, a degree that you can make money in, <laughs> make money with. Oh, got you. Go to college for So... Um, I kind of always had that in mind. Uh, I think more and more young people, though, are giving the the feasibility of making an income major priority when deciding what to study, which makes me sad as a teacher. I feel like you should just study because you're interested in it and you've gained some knowledge. But with the cost of school these days, you know, and you're going to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt, you you got to think about that a little bit, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so went to Pittsburgh State, and then from there, did you come to KC? What was next? So, like I said, I had that regular gig with my band, Dead Eye. Okay. Weekly gig, and um, ended up getting hired at um, an, a hospital in Joplin, which is near Pittsburgh. Okay. And I had done clinicals there. So I stayed in Pittsburgh for, I don't know, maybe six months and worked in like worked in a hospital in Joplin and then was really ready to move back to the city after living in Pittsburgh. I was like, okay, this was fun. I think I was only there for six months at that first job and then moved back here and, you know, I kind of tried to get my band because, you know, having a band that wants to go anywhere if you're living in Pittsburgh, Kansas, I don't think... Challenging. Yeah, it it would be challenging. Okay. So we kind of tried to do the long distance thing. It didn't really work out and so then I moved to, well, I want to keep playing music 
And at that time, I mainly just played banjo, and so I started picking up guitar um, and learning guitar at that point, and um, just so started to play your, shows. So you were in your mid-20s before you started playing guitar. Yeah. Wow. Because you're awesome. That's That gives me some hope. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate I that. You know, I'm a little older, but... I'd had, you know, my family has had guitars, and it's not like I, I had, you know, known some chords, but I didn't buy, like, a nice guitar to play out um, until, I think, 25. Okay, okay. And is that what you did? Did you just start looking for places to go play? Um, let me try to remember here. So I met Martin. I mean, we'd been friends, but he noticed um, that I wasn't playing with my old band dead eye because we had both played in bands okay. together and um and we our shows had or our bands played shows together and he took notice that i wasn't really playing with my band anymore and so we were just kind of messaging through facebook and he offered to record um my kind of new solo project that i was starting to work on um so i went over he had a little basement studio and he was had mainly only recorded himself at that time and offered to record some of my songs. So I think we recorded like three or four that very first day. And then from then on, basically have hung out ever since and um, played music together ever since then and started Lost Cowgirl Records. But That's not what became Working Woman, is it? No. Okay. This is pre? This is pre. Okay. This is I was doing this little one-woman band thing where I had like a bass drum and a tambourine and my banjo when I first started. Okay. Um, and that was going to be my kind of one-woman band setup. I know I saw you at Rural Grit at the Brick probably four or five times, but always by yourself. I don't think I saw you with Martin there. Oh, yeah. Maybe I just didn't go for a while. Yeah, he doesn't always go out. He, he's not as social as me. When I when and he I, also doesn't drink. So when I first saw you two really and talked to you a little bit was that Mixmaster, I'm guessing 2018 Crossroads Music Fest, and you two were there, and was just loving it. You yeah, know? just a very beautiful sound and very complimentary, but also individuals creating something new. This jacket don't keep me warm now. This jacket don't keep me warm, it's nothing like your arms, no But it's not like you used to do This jacket don't keep me warm That's what summer was for But the fall came, then the fall came, then it all came down All came crashing down I've been cold since you've been found I've been low since you in the ground I've been trying to hold on To the pieces you left me But I'm still hung up on Why you wouldn't let me in Just take the time to call I will catch you for me You know, this is really the main question I gotta ask you What, how does that work starting a record label? Like, what where do you go from, first of all, being a nurse, <laughs> working, being a musician, so you've got two things going on, and then deciding, well, I'll just start a business? Well, it was definitely kind of, it's still developing into what it, what Lost Cowgirl Records is going to be. Um, 2017? But yeah, 2017 is when it all started, and 
it started with the name Lost Cowgirl Records, and it we had just made like a homemade music video, and we were looking for a just a record label name to put on there and make it look more official for the right. release. Right. And Martin says Lost Cowgirl Records, just kind of off the top of his head, and we both were immediately like, "Wow, that's a really good name." Okay, we're using that. And then from there, um, I don't know if you guys know Don Simon. But, sure. Um, he, yeah. you know, he had hosted rooms at Folk Alliance and owned record labels. And I don't remember honestly how it all happened, but he was just like, you know, maybe you should actually turn this into something. Um, Interesting, because. And at that time, I wasn't really even thinking like a traditional record label, more of just a platform. And then we ended up hosting, Don helped us host a room at Folk Alliance, and it was kind of our first debut of Lost Cowgirl Records. And I 2018 February? It must have been 27, yeah, 2018 February. That is so funny, Jenna. So we, my business partner Jim, got the brilliant idea to start a label about March or so of 2017. And then that summer, I wasn't teaching, so I started to go do some due diligence and met people like Brenton Cook with Haymaker Records, Marion Merritt from Records with Merritt, Mark Manning from KKFI. And Marion said, you need to go talk to Steve at Record Bar. Uh, he's starting a label with Don Simon. And they were trying to do something. Chris, do you remember? Was it like Little Class or First Class? It, it was, was an Little offshoot. Class. It was Little Class and then... Yeah, uh, and then Steve released... Like Steve kind of stepped away didn't do anything with little class right and then he did like some small middle class yes middle class but then it was also eat here well that's that's what came next but when i first met him really met him and don because we sat down with them like how do we write an agreement you know don's Mm -hmm. got some background in that what what do we do then they gave us some fantastic guidance and we're just supportive even though we were two clueless dudes trying to figure it out Mm mm-hmm and then fast forward, like you said, to folk. I mean, um, you know, folk alliance. I'm sure I was in that in that room at like yeah. two o'clock in the morning, all bleary eyed. And know. yeah, I don't even remember the whole thing. I just I remember Don introducing me for my showcase because I was trying to MC, but I also, you know. I think it was only my it was my second folk alliance. Okay. So I still wanted to like get a feel. I didn't want to just be like tied to the room the whole time. Sure. So Don was still like mainly emceeing, but we were using, you know, the Lost Cowgirl records and we had I think we already had our logo. The um, logo is fantastic. Yeah, the, you know what? Having a logo is just a great logo like that really What's the story on that? Um that I just told Martin I wanted he's a graphic designer. I told him I wanted the lady from the women's restroom in the desert with her guitar. Martin's a graphic designer? Uh Uh-huh. What don't don't you two do? (laughs) Yeah, he's very like self-taught graphic designer, so it takes him a long time. So he mainly just does stuff for us. He's done like some logos for some friends. He did one for our friend Betsy May, and it's so cute, and it took him a very long time. And so... No, it's super distinctive, and I remember (laughs) that... I don't want. I don't know about 2018, but 2019 when it went to was it Montreal? No, was it Quebec? Where was Folk Alliance oh, in Canada? I don't know. I didn't go to that one, but somewhere in Canada. Or maybe I'm thinking of 20. Man, it's what a lost year. 2020. Did you go to New Orleans? Yes, we were in New seeing Orleans. the logo. Yeah. With some Folk Alliance materials. Yeah. And I'm like, that's going to get someone's attention. Well, and I was just noticing the other day. I think. Because we need more T-shirts, I think I've sold 
500 t-shirts and wow. hoodies, wow. tank tops. I wow. mean, I've sold so many of those and it's still like I have Jenna and Martin shirts and Jenna Ray shirts, but people always at our shows want the Lost Cowgirl records. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes people will be like, come up and ask like, oh, do you have the Lost Cowgirl records stuff with you? Like if we didn't bring it to our shows. So I just always, I mean, basically almost always have them because people always, you know, I just see them all over. You know, and I've thought about that too. We we do real well with t-shirts. Um, and when you think about, you know this too, like with the pricing, when you break it down, mm-hmm. like for vinyl or for CD, the profit margin is pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not suggesting you overcharge your customers, mm-hmm. but people want to have a piece of it, right? They want to take it home mm-hmm. and they can't necessarily play your CD or your record walking down the street, right? but they can represent and mm-hmm. support you. And uh, I'm like, why do we not just put those in record stores around town? You know, Records with Merit has asked several times for shirts from Cal, and I just haven't done it. Um, well, that's awesome. I did not realize he did that design. So I think like many, I would say a good number of record labels that I'm aware of, they've started it because they wanted to have a label name simply associated with their own mm-hmm. art, with yeah. their own act, and then maybe a, a friend or something like that. And yeah. it just led to more and more. Yeah. So it wasn't like a conscious decision like, yeah, in the beginning, I wasn't really thinking a traditional record label. But I, what I was gonna, I was thinking, uh, whenever Don introduced me for my showcase, he said she's a hell of a businesswoman, and I thought, what? I was thinking, he thinks I'm a hell of a businesswoman, and I don't really even know what he saw in me to really encourage me to like, why don't you actually do this? Like, start Lost Cowgirl Records and make it your own. But I appreciate it because I don't think I would have done it if he wouldn't have really pushed me to do it. And he, yeah. you know, taught me how to, you know, the Folk Alliance thing. That was a huge opportunity for that to kind of be our beginning to just mm-hmm. meet all of these people from all over the world that are very successful in mm-hmm. what they do and just mm-hmm. get to. So that was really cool. Um, so it started, you know, then in 2018, we released um, my first album, Working Woman. And that was, I think, July. And then from there, we've <laughs> just. Who did that cover art? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, that was my friend from Dead Eye, Meg. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was a real video. picture of my dog and me that she turned it okay. turned it into a cartoon. That is how I think of you, though. Every time oh. I see that. like I love going into, like, It's a Beautiful Day, and it's, Fran's always got it perched right there. Oh, there. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Jenna. Fran, um, Fran went to high school with my parents. Oh, really? And then her daughter was in high school with me. So they're very good family, she... family friends of ours. Like Don, she's just, and there's so many people here in Kansas City, and I don't mean to diminish the numbers, but just they're just super advocates for Kansas City artists and want to support it, mm-hmm. either by showing up to your shows or purchasing your things or you know spreading the word about you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that was the first Lost Cowgirl release. Yep. Wow. And Martin recorded all of that. Um, we did all the instruments on it except. We had a pedal steel player and a dobro player. Other than that, we did everything. And then from there, I mean, we we had a lot of people interested in recording with us and a lot of people interested in just releasing their music with us. Yeah. So we just decided, okay, like, I guess we're going for this. We're going to help people release their music. Yeah. When you did that first release, obviously you pressed, you had the CDs made yourself. It's a lovely package, by the way. Thank you. One thing I've... I've talk to some artists about too like you don't in a lot of ways you don't really need a record label you can do it all by yourself mm-hmm. you can release things digitally no problems you can record very high quality music at home whether it's in a studio like you have or simply off a laptop mm-hmm. and one thing I try to tell them though is if you're going to put out a CD 
But put a spine on it. If you if you put it in a sleeve, and again, I get it, it's cheaper. They're, they're just going to get lost. Like I'm looking at Chris's DVD collection here. I can read all the titles. That's so not like, even. That's not all. Of it. There's a whole box mm-hmm. full of. Oh, like, I can only imagine. Chris, Chris has got all sorts of things in this room. <laughs> I'm just saying, like even with my bad eyesight, I can pick out something relatively easy. If they're yeah. just the sleeves and you can't see that spine, well, mm-hmm. then it's hard for me to go find something. Right. Did you? Uh, did you all have like socials at that time for Lost Cowgirl website? Your website's awesome. How how did that all evolve? Like, uh, it's hard to remember when it all evolved. I mean, I remember I was like, okay, I remember asking Don like, how do I start a business? And he's like, I was like, I mean, what's the next steps here mm-hmm. if I really want to take this seriously? And you know, he said I needed to get the domain and the website yep. and L- buy the LLC. Yeah. And um, did you do that? Yeah. You know, I'm curious out of the two dozen labels here in Kansas City that I'm aware of, how many of them actually, you know, and I'm saying saying you have to, Mm -hmm. did that. And also to, you know, make sure they kept their trademark. If you don't do it, then someone else could steal your name. That's right. Um, Well, same thing like a trademark with your logo. It was a nightmare for us. And and Don talked to us about those things too. Like, think about it. And, you know, at that time when I finally went to buy the LLC... And I was, you know, I was kind of like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that time, I kind of talked to Dawn, and we decided that Martin and I were just gonna, basically, I was gonna own it solely, because it was in the beginning. Oh, there's a other thing that I missed out that I'm gonna backtrack to. So at Folk Alliance, that first Folk Alliance, um, I sat, I stayed up late like that very last night um, with a few different artists, a few different female artists, and one was Terry Quinn, and we were just Mm. kind of venting about how being like a woman in kind of the country bluegrass scene, and at certain venues, we just didn't feel like we fit in. And that also, you know, Dawn was saying, you need to start Lost Cowgirl Records and kind of have this platform for Mm -hmm. Americana women. You know, a lot of he he was saying that he heard it from a lot of other people too. That you know, we just didn't feel like we fit in. And you go to these country jams and bluegrass jams, and most of the time I was the only woman there. Mm-hmm. And you mean a lot of times you look at lineups of country groups, and it's just all men. And um, so that was also starting Lost Cowgirl Records, just kind of having this platform. Um, I think it's beautiful. Thank I, you. I think it's and, necessary too. Yeah, and it's you know since then we've hosted you know stages and songwriter rounds and the funny thing is like anymore and I don't know if it's just who I hang out with but I don't notice the that there's just like a lot of a lot more men than women. I feel like Kansas City like the women have really mm. stepped it up over yeah. the past four years when I you know for a while was feeling out of place and I feel like things have changed or I just in my mind and heart I feel so differently and more just so confident that I don't notice it I don't know mm-hmm. um but yeah so that was another reason I wanted to add that in there so you know once it came down to buying the LLC and you know after talking to a lot of people it was like okay I need to own this myself and have this be totally my baby and I don't want like other people's influence and so at that point I bought the LLC and we ended up, you know, Don kind of had a different idea of how he wanted to run things and what we were wanting to do. Um, and so it ended up just being Martin and me. Okay. So, but, you know, no hard feelings with Don. He was taught me so much. You know, I definitely wouldn't be where I am if he hadn't 
helped me out so much in the beginning and just believed in me. You know, right. having someone say that I was a hell of a businesswoman, it really made me think, well, maybe I am. I didn't know I was, but thank you. That's super <laughs> um, affirming. But then at a certain point, I realized, oh, wait, I do need a lawyer. So we are working with a lawyer now. Um, and, Got you. Know, you. It's super helpful to have somebody that just knows the ins and outs of legal matters. Right. And with those contracts, too. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. Let's and let's get into that a little bit. So, like typical day. So, w- let me take one step back though too. So, Working Woman was the first release. Is the Jenna and Martin on Lost Cowgirl, mm-hmm. or is that something separate? Yeah. So, when you record together, that's still on Lost Cowgirl. Yep, Martin's solo stuff is it, but our stuff together is. Okay, so just one release with Martin. Yep, so far. And then, is the other release Lily's, or do, yeah, am I missing so, one in there? Um. Lily B. Moonflower, we recorded and released her album. And that's the first artist that we've worked with where we recorded their full album and then released it and all of that. And an agreement and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And then another artist that we worked with is Alexa Dawson. Yeah. um, She recorded somewhere else, and we just helped her with her release. Okay. And then her latest single we've recorded and released for her. What's a typical day in life? So, again... No nursing, no graphic design, the other things you all are doing, running a farm out there. <laughs> what What is like a day-to-day, because you, you book shows, you don't have an agent or something like right. that. You're, in a way, I, You probably, know, I feel like I'm so close to like really being able to hire someone to help, but it's hard. I'm so used to just like doing it all that it's hard to. I hear you. Think about that. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, it's like, oh, it'd be great to have like a booking agent or some someone to kind of help with some of these other things um but yeah we you know we try to uh practice an hour every day that's something that we just recently you know have been trying to organize our days because yeah you can end up just going online to make a facebook event and then next thing you know you're doing whatever you didn't even plan to do find some other venue that you need to be playing a show at and researching all of that and yeah um so I don't know. Every day is so different, but you know we're recording almost. I would say almost every day that we can, um, and then playing every day. We normally have a rehearsal with one of our groups or just the two of us. Um, I try to write almost every day. Uh, You're very active on socials, and that's a new skill for me. I think I mentioned I had a flip phone just three years ago, uh, but it's important, Jenna, because you're you're visible. And, and yeah. your artist. And you know, I think it's so important when you get an email or you get, and that's something too, I try to wake up and like check my emails, all these different platforms and bands that I'm in yep. and just make sure that I'm staying up to date. And so many people say like, thank you for responding quickly. And oh, yeah. I'm like, I, if I don't respond right away, I'm going to forget. Yep. Um, yep. So I try to be really good about responding to messages and all mm-hmm. of that. You. It drives me crazy sometimes when you like are messaging. You want need an answer from somebody, and you see them like promoting their show on Facebook, and you're like, "Hey, I need to know this." You're like, "Chop, chop!" Not looking at my message that you're posting on Facebook. Come on, so yeah. I I try to respond to everybody as punctually as possible. I just I think I'm, I'm just old fashioned that way. The you know the other thing I I think is interesting is the the video content that you've been creating. I mean, it's, I get it, it was the pandemics on the one hand, people had some other time, but yeah. that's super important. It just seems like every other week I'm seeing something mm-hmm. from you. Whether yeah, it's, it's all been, and you know, I feel like a year and a half ago, I did not have all this video content, um, but we have 
you know, Martin has his whole studio set up, and then I have my portable studio, and it's pretty much my phone for the video, mm-hmm. and I have my laptop that connects into a condenser mic. Normally, I'm using my ear trumpet lab, and I mean, I can take that out into the middle of nowhere and record with quality audio. and Great quality. Yeah, and that's kind of my thing I can do to help the artists that we work with mm-hmm. um, is to do videos like that and you know it's it's cool to get to record these videos for people and it's not just people on the label that I've done it for um, I did one last year for Damaris Kunkler uh, she's a hmm. Americana country songwriter out of Humboldt Kansas and I went out there and ended up doing like a little camp out with her and the next day we recorded a really great video. It turned out so good. And um, yeah, I'm, I love getting to do these videos for people and it's really important, I think, to have these live videos of you performing. And also, you know, when it comes to like a music video first a live, versus a live video, for me, like I prefer to, if I'm gonna like check out an artist, I'm gonna go to their live, video see what Mm. they have i'm not going to go to their latest music video Mm -hmm. and to have a music video that gets really big or goes viral or whatever it has to be really freaking good nowadays but if you can get a really good capture and a beautiful scene and that whole thing with just a live amazing original song i feel like that's so much easier and can be so much better what the the thing i pull away and you've you've done a lot (laughs) from each one really it's just a sense of it's organic on the one hand. It feels very natural and not overproduced, but it also looks polished. It looks it looks pro, not in a way like oh my god, you know. And I think that's it's mm-hmm. kind of you, Jenna. It seems like you got a little bit of the rough edges. Yeah. And you also can I, be polished when you need to be. I appreciate you saying that because sometimes I'm looking at my videos. I'm like, oh, this is so DIY. I need to step it up. But, you know, no, to get a big camera and a big gimbal to be able to do what I do with my smartphone and my $75 mm-hmm. gimbal, it's like, that'd be a big investment for, for no, us to do. So It seems natural. <laughs> I appreciate that. see Lost Cowgirl doing openly and again I'm sure other labels are too I know Manor does uh, is securing opportunities for your not just yourself but for your other artists to perform Mm -hmm. because if you want to sell those records people need to see them out live Mm -hmm. do you want to tell the audience too about the song swaps yeah so we are right now hosting song swaps every Thursday and most of the time I, it's me there. I think I've only missed one. I'm gonna miss one in a couple weeks. So if I can't make it, one of the artists that we work with um, is able to host it normally. 
hopefully. And um, yeah, it's at Old Shawnee Pizza in Lenexa, and there's two featured artists. And it's not always someone from Lost Cowgirl Records, but at least someone from the label is there to like host it. Most of the time, me. And um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's two artists, and they perform together. I kick it off and kind of talk about what Lost Cowgirl Records is up to and what our latest releases or videos are. And then I normally play a few songs, sometimes Martin's with me, and then the two featured acts get up and just swap songs back and forth. One song each? Uh, One song each and then back and forth. So normally, you know, 12, 15 songs, I think. It's from seven to 10 every Thursday. They have a little patio there. Have they talked about moving that inside, or is the plan to stay outdoors? Um, I think it's going to be outdoors as, as long as the weather allows. There is an indoor space that they're working on to make a little more accommodating, a little bit bigger. It's a really impressive lineup so far that I've seen of artists. Do you want to let the audience, who, who are some of the artists that yeah, have um, So a couple weeks ago we had Jessica Page and... Uh, the guy she's been playing with, I'm blanking on Lucas his name. Lucas, Thank you. Lucas yeah. Parker, um, and that was a really good show. People really loved it. Yeah. And um, this week we have the Match Sellers, which are who are Super two of excited. my some of my Great. favorite people and songwriters. So aren't I'm really you, excited to see them. Aren't you performing with them? Are yeah. You swapping with them? Well, we're just gonna be kind of going back and forth. It's it's a real laid back show. We just have little Fishman amps that we use okay. and. Um, but you know the artists are paid well for a Thursday night, and you get pizza and um, a, like a big pizza. So it seems like a pretty good deal. So I'm gonna keep it going for yeah. as long as I can. Um, it is definitely a lot hosting a weekly gig. Yeah, I hear you. But it's been so much fun, and I've just been surprised. You know, I look forward to it every week, and just get, having a kind of a home base for Lost Cowgirl Records to. You know, if any time that someone wants to play, they're able to play there. I'd, I'd almost compare it to like a Brick South vibe. Uh-huh. I mean, Jessica doesn't quite fit in, but like the Match Sellers, I never forget seeing them at Folk Alliance for the first time in 2018 and thought, these oh. two are just out of control. Uh-huh. Out of control. And the, did they host a Cover Me event? Yes. yes. They, they hosted yeah, them Yeah, they're all. just delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, super talented. Yeah, Andrew's like a comedian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's good. With his music and right. in between. Right. And then are you, um, let's talk about Winfield for just a second too. Are you? So you're timing that with the album release? Mm-hmm. That's where we should leave off. Yeah. What, so, what did the album rollout look like for you? Oh my gosh. I'm curious. Like when did you finish recording that record? Well, because of everything. We finished recording it like a year ago. Oh, is that right? But, you know, we just weren't sure about releasing it during the pandemic and we also like it was going to be a 12 track album and then just with everything we decided we'd just leave it the way it is 10 tracks that's unfit wives that we're talking about okay Um, that yeah we're coming out with our album winfield weekend and winfield is like i feel like a just a huge part of my self and my music Um, that's actually where i originally met martin and that's where i met all of my band um and i actually went there with my old band you know I don't even know, seven years ago, maybe my first Winfield. Yeah. And they just embraced us. And I think I learned how to sing at Winfield, just like having to stand up on those stages with no Mm -hmm. microphones and Mm -hmm. just belt it. Yeah. And I feel like I learned that I was like, oh, wow, I can sing a lot louder when I have to. Right. And um, so, yeah, we're 
the way that Unfit Wives are doing our record is we already have CDs, which we sold at our first show back. Our vinyl should be in in like a month, and then it doesn't come out um, on streaming platforms until uh, September, Winfield Weekend. Okay. Which we're going to be like playing all over the campgrounds to like our number one audience that weekend. So it just kind of worked out. Other thing was our fiddle player had a baby. So, you know, just trying to figure out when we thought she would be able to come back and play this release show. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this is kind of an experiment to do like selling the CDs and vinyl before it. Yeah, but why not? Right. They're just sitting in your because, they're just sitting in your living room. Yeah, and you <laughs> know the reality is it's like once you're out on streaming platforms, then people are maybe less likely to actually exactly. buy your physical stuff. And you know, people are excited. Like yeah. people were you know, we didn't tell anybody, we just announced it at our show, like we have a surprise we're gonna tell you right before our break. And then when we told people, I mean, we sold I don't even know how many yeah. <laughs> that yeah. first show, um, that first time selling them. So I'm really excited to just see how it goes and, you know, just make it special because once it's out on streaming platforms, it's just anybody can hear it and it's kind of sure. loses that magic, I feel. Sure. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, we had a similar situation with Fritz's record released. You know Fritz Hutchison, mm-hmm. March twenty eighth. But we had a show at uh, Mini Bar, and we had the CDs that came in like the night before, and we had a long conversation. Like, should it's not the album release? Can we go ahead and sell these? And I was just like, Why just would we it. not sell yeah. these? We're making money of the money that we spent. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me about your vinyl process real fast too, because I think when we talked. Normally, it would take us like two and a half, three months to get a record pressed. Oh, I guess that was after the summit when I talked to our... He was telling me it was going to take like seven months. Mm, yeah, we're, we're going through Atomic Disc, it seems okay. like. I, it sounds like they're going to have it to us, I think, nine to 14 weeks. From when you put it in? Yeah. So what is my math? I'm slow And I actually have got an email today saying that... It's we like three, to... three and a half months? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I think we're getting it pretty soon. You you got test pressings, went through no, that whole thing. We didn't get oh, the you test, didn't test pressing, so just say our prayers. But I've heard good things about them. We haven't we haven't used yeah, them. Yeah, we use them for CDs and I've always had a really good experience and kinda of talked to them about their test pressings and they said that yeah, they're not doing that and but it was really inexpensive what we found and mm-hmm. it was by far the least expensive and Martin got his already he ordered vinyl through them okay um from his album his came out December 2020 okay and everything went well and it sound they all sound good so yeah hoping for the best yeah yeah that's why and we you know used- we Martin records all the music and kind of what we've talked to with some other I'm no vinyl expert but we talked to some different people that said that knew his recording style. Actually, we talked to Ted Reeder of mm-hmm. Never Records. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys know him, but he put on that event and recorded everybody like straight on yeah. vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked to him about vinyl, and he knows Martin's recording techniques, and he says, I think you guys will be fine to not have to do any extra mastering to your recordings. So. Got you. Do you have other releases planned for this year? Yes. I think I'd heard, aren't you working on another solo record? Yeah, so I have a record um, that I recorded. It's going to be called Country Lo-Fi, and it's all it's like just live acoustic guitar and vocals, which is a lot different because before I yeah. recorded to a click track starting with the guitar. But I just, you know, it was like over the 
course of staying home a lot and listening to a lot of music over the past year, I just was kind of feeling more of this just like more chill, just real music. And I just mm-hmm. wanted it to be. And I also just played so much that I was just so comfortable with these songs that I had chosen to put on the record. Mm-hmm. So now Martin's going in and there's going to be no bass, but there's just one extra instrument per song. And then there's just a little bit of percussion. And so he's got three wow. songs done, seven more for... He's working on it today, so we'll we'll see how Put far he work. gets. <laughs> no, no rest for the weary. So yeah, I mean that's a lot different, you know, with my solo stuff versus Unfit Wives. Like Unfit Wives just have such a, you know, following. Mm-hmm. I feel, and you know, I don't have to worry about things with them or how our record's gonna do because we're not really like out touring. And I mean, we'll see what happens when this record comes out. You've got um, dedicated fans. Yeah, we I have. Do, and a lot of that is... Can I ask you, how many did you press? Uh, 300. 300? Great. So, yeah, that was just... You know, that was what's nice with Atomic Disc is you can press smaller yeah. numbers. Sure, sure. And that was just kind of what... We had the money that we had saved. We're like, all right, we're going Let's go for, for it. it. Yeah. Are, are you planning to release your solo record this year? I'm hoping so. And I want to get vinyl. Also and, physical? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's amazing the whole new vinyl yeah. resurgence. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, you know, for a while it was just like you couldn't even sell CDs. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, it amazes me the people that are buying Martin's vinyl that yeah. he's gotten. Yeah. yeah. And we sell about the same of both actually at shows. Oh, really? I think there's still plenty of people like me like that want CDs or have CD players in their cars. Right. I know that's not a thing. Um, so I think it's just good to have both, and I, I'm 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 happy to hear that other labels are still into physical. I mean, if you want to do just digital, that's no problems either. But mm-hmm. there's something to be said about it. It's, it's very important for us. Well, from my experience now, um, you know, with Working Woman, like I released it digitally before I even had the CDs, just because it was done and I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get the CDs in for like six more weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just with streaming, you can't really count on a lot of money. Yeah. So I don't really know how to do it. Other, I think feel like if you're going to make money, it seems like you have to go like CDs and vinyl. I'm really glad you said that, Jenna. <laughs> I'm really glad you yeah. said that because I, I don't get how it works streaming either. Unless you just go crazy and you have a song blow up or whatever. Yeah, I don't you have think... like millions of plays. It's really the only way to see any sort of anything from it. And then even then you're seeing it you know pennies on the dollar and I just feel like that's not that's not lending itself to longevity as a career like you'll have that one hit maybe but it's not it's it's not going to pay out and be able to sustain you over that much time Mm -hmm. Lily's record when was that released that's only three four months now uh that was in February mid February okay okay and I think you have a is she at Aztec this weekend again Mm -hmm. are you with her too yep god dang you're busy (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, um, I know people ask me. They're like, "Aren't you tired?" I was like, "No, I'm alive. I'm like out playing music like multiple nights a week." Jeez. <laughs> and then is she planning to, or hoping to get out and tour the record itself? Too? Yeah, we actually we went to Memphis a couple weekends ago. Okay. And I was really excited because um, there's this. I don't know if you know about Ameripolitan. Mm-mm. Have you heard of that? So. Mm-mm. There's this guy, Dale Watson. Oh, that, I know Dale Watson. Oh, you know about Dale Watson? Oh, sure. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he's legendary. played with, you know, Merle Haggard. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, he is he's legendary. He's pretty often here. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many years ago he started Ameripolitan, and it's kind of like the CMA Awards for people that aren't recognized by the CMAs. Mm. And it's really cool. So Martin and I cool went people. a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like Folk Alliance, but it was really for just country music. Great. And they have these different categories, rockabilly, outlaw, honky-tonk, and western swing. And they have them for males and females. And then every year, you know, they didn't have it this year, obviously. Um, but you can nominate yourself or someone can nominate you. And you, all you have to do is, like, have a record out and be touring. So anyways, he puts it on in Memphis. So we went a few years ago and, you know, just loved it. And I love it just from Lost Cowgirl Records, you know, seeing somebody kind of create something, a platform where mm -hmm. people are meeting each other. And I was really inspired just by what he's doing. And um, so we went, uh, Lily got this show outside of Memphis. And then I was able to get us a show at his new venue that he owns called Hernando's Hideaway. And um, so, yeah, we went out to Memphis with the band and it turned it out to be a really great weekend. Great. And it's cool for, so Martin plays bass, he who's, is who produced Lily's album, and then I play drums with her right now. And I mean, we're not like full time in the band, but we play with her when we can. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's a lot like us to where, you know, she, she plays solo, duo, three piece, kind of depending on just the show. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we know her songs forwards and backwards mm -hmm. and so it's pretty perfect whenever we get to play for her and i love the record i've not yet had the chance opportunity to see her live i mean pandemic yeah. sorry but she's on my list for sure yeah i'd love to see you with her yeah. Um, yeah first time first time i had seen her pop up was uh she opened for lucas nelson mm -hmm. at uh knuckleheads oh really lucas nelson played like two shows in a row. wow wow when was that chris <sighs> They were at the uptown, but no idea. Okay, <laughs> feels yeah. almost it feels like almost two years ago. Now. Yeah, it was maybe two years ago. Well, let's let's wrap up this second. We're getting close to overall ending, but let's wrap up this session with two questions. What's the best thing about running a record label, and then maybe what's the biggest challenge or thing you wish you didn't have to do? So I think the best thing, you know, I hear about people that get tired of people that need to take breaks from music because they just get so tired of it but I don't ever feel like like sometimes I want to take a break from my own music and then I get to just like mm. still get to do music and just help somebody else mm. that's a good one um and you know just getting to be a part of an album release you know I I haven't had a wedding day but I compare it to like a wedding day you know you've put so much like love and mm. effort into this mm. record and then that to just could get to be there to support that person in whatever way they need whether it's being in the band or working the merch table or whatever um and then you know helping push that record is just it's great i mean it's like the best part of an yeah. artist's career is releasing their record and you get to help them with that so mm -hmm. um yeah i mean just creating the recordings is amazing and um every little we celebrate every little success even if it's just like Hearing our one of our artists, we get them on the radio in New Orleans. We just like, oh yeah, turn it on, blast yeah. the speakers. We're like that. What we made yeah. that, and it's playing yeah. in, in New Orleans. You know, so just stuff like that. It makes it so worth it. I uh, sec I second every single one of the things you mentioned. It's like the process, like from inception to birth to 
I shouldn't be comparing it to a woman giving birth to a child, but <laughs> or, or a wedding. That's that's a great analogy yeah. to a wedding. It's like a big day. Maybe you should just release your next record when you know there's some wedding bells right. on the horizon. Yeah, <laughs> make people buy it while they're there. And there's T-shirts too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the wedding gifts. Yeah, wedding party gifts. But sometimes we'll be like Lily, like when things you're on the radio, and she'd be like sleeping through it, and Martin and I wake up at like five thirty in the morning to listen to like her songs get played yeah. on the radio and we're just like you know it's a great feeling i do too i text the artist they're playing you on the bridge right now where mark's got you on kkfi i love it and then like six hours later they're like what it's like <laughs> yeah. did you just wake up it's 1 p.m <laughs> <laughs> artists Tough, <laughs> toughest thing um, thing you wish you didn't have to do i mean you don't have to answer that question just, either you know it's just a lot of pressure yeah. You know, it's people putting a lot of trust in you when they trust you with their art and their everything. Yeah. So you just want it to do well. And so just the pressure of like, you know, constantly wanting to do well and help somebody out and it can be very stressful. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I mean, just seeing, waiting for the stuff to become live at um, 11 p.m. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's mm-hmm. midnight. It's actually 11 p.m. And whenever yeah. it's just like every time I see it and everything's right and all the song, every you know, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, <laughs> couldn't have done it without you. Like, you know, it's just a lot of stress. I hear you. And it's if it's my own stuff, I'm like, ah, whatever. Oh, a song got messed up or whatever. Oh, it's all good. But if other artists, that's a lot more. So yeah. you feel that sense of responsibility. Yeah, almost like a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel just like as some of my students, you know, I I just got a responsibility to keep you safe and do what I said I was going to do. And if I don't, I got to deal with myself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I hear you. center cuts we are still here with jenna ray owner of lost calgo records from chris mowry's home and we're just rolling right along today uh we talked a little bit about our calendars usual and i didn't even do too much talk on this time jenna and chris had a long list of things to discuss talked a little bit about jenna's life growing up in Merriam, kansas going to pittsburgh state getting into music through family members through punk rock getting a saxophone, getting excited, moving to the big city, Kansas City, getting into the music community industry here, and deciding to start a little record label just four, is it right, Jenna, three and a half years ago, four Mm -hmm. years ago now? Yep. Wow. Thanks so much for sharing so much so far. We're coming down to our last couple of segments, and we just like to ask our guests, what's something you like about Lawrence or Kansas City? Not necessarily music related, something you want to champion today. 
Well, I mean, I have to just say the music community is really good here and in Lawrence. And, you know, just the support for uh, within our own community of each other, I feel like is really good. And um, I feel like we have a lot of great venues and a lot of great um, open mics and opportunities. You know, whenever I first uh, started playing out solo without my band, I just went to open mics and, you know, almost every, if you want to start getting booked, just go to open mics and meet people. That's what I always tell people. Or even if you want to play at a venue somewhere, your best bet is just to go to that venue and see a show there, mm-hmm. talk to the band mm-hmm. and the bartender and who mm-hmm. all. Um, but yeah, just, I love the, I love how Kansas City, you know, when I think of Kansas City, I think of Oberlin Park and all these places. And, um, I just think that we have a, a lot of different communities here and mm-hmm. um but you know by far kansas city in general we have a lot of different places to play that, i mean that was really one of the reasons why we talked about starting a label was we just seen an explosion of alternative venues even you know just like we just mentioned like like pizza places for example coffee shops and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of artists you know they're going to cut their teeth they're not moving straight to sprint center or whatever it's called now uh, we just talked about that with Chris Aguirian too recently about people are very approachable here. It's it's not like there's some gate. I'm sure there is to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you just get involved and make an effort and get out and be active, people are welcoming and they're mm-hmm. supportive. Uh, we had a young artist that was talking to you. He goes by the name of Skippy. He's a beatboxer. And he invited me down to, I think, Missy B's tonight for, you know, this, like, beatbox competition at 10. Oh, wow. And he rocked the house last week. He won, like, 50 bucks or 500 bucks. I don't know. And advanced to the next round. And so, you know, he's building that presence, that community. I think what you talked about at Old Shawnee with the song swaps, I mean, it sounds like it's already an institution out there. And you mm-hmm. just you just created it, right? Yeah. You just said, we want to, can we do something here? Would you mind? Yeah, it's pretty cool. The waitresses are wearing their Lost Capital Records t-shirts that they bought on Thursdays now. So. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like, and you know, especially with things opening up, I've just been feeling so much love from this city, you yeah. know? And you know, something else I got to say, just like KKFI and the bridge, I'm still like, I'm not as close with them, but you know, KKFI gives artists so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I've learned just from doing some touring and traveling, you know, sometimes I'll be playing another city and I'll say, oh, we you know, I'll talk to the other musicians, like, where do you get your, what's your local radio station? Mm-hmm. And some places don't have one. And right. they don't, they're like, you know, amazing artists that tour all over and they don't have a local radio that supports them. But for yeah. us in Kansas City, I mean, KKFI is excited for you and wants to play your music and wants to have you on and whenever I released Working Woman I had that was the main thing I did was go on Diana Ennis's show and that was really all I knew yeah and that was kind of my beginning and being able to you know get to know the DJs and have the DJs come out to your shows and stuff like that is really you know something really special I think Kansas City has oh you read my mind about Diana she was a guest earlier this year yep. and excited for her because Tasty Brew has now moved to a little bit later hour. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not getting up for the crack of dawn. Oh, I would listen to her on the way to work sometimes. Just huge champion for the arts. Huge mm-hmm. champion for Kansas City. I know we talked about Mark Manning and Wednesday Midday Medley. I mean, River Trade Radio, that's another fantastic, oh, yeah. especially I think in your vein of mm-hmm. music. 
Casey Roush. I mean, Mikhail Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Just... I, it was funny. There's a guy at Old Shawnee Pizza. He said, I think I know you. And I said, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking like family friend or something. And he says, mm-hmm. do you ever have your music played on River Trade Radio? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And he says, I do know you. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty cool because he'd kind of, you know, had a, didn't he was just there eating dinner. Yeah. And I happened to be playing. So I think they've got 80 different programming choices during the week which is just you know if you can't find something there you like there's something probably wrong with you mm-hmm. and to your point again I know we've talked about him before um, James Carter Sarge I don't know if you've ever worked with him with You Found Music oh yeah he just you know got things started at a clothing store Eula over there and you know they've developed a nice built in audience and they do things like support Midwest Music Foundation it's like I don't know that that happens in other cities necessarily mm-hmm. uh, or maybe I just wasn't aware of it but yeah. it, it just seems to be growing and growing here and then you've got again I was just thinking about uh, mini bar Chris the other day mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite places you know pre-pandemic to see artists that were just kind of up and coming you yeah. know they could, would just get a shot to have a stage that word instead of community but it can be community could do better or improve Mm -hmm. so you know talking about kkfi and how they're so amazing on the flip side some of these like as a country artist i wish some of the bigger country stations would play some of the lost cargo records music and i've reached out to them Um, one of them did like a fundraiser and you could request a song and then people would go and donate it donate to it all the money got was donated um, to Children's Mercy. Mm. And I ended up putting my song in the queue and kind of posted on Facebook like, hey, go, you can go donate to Children's Mercy through my song to get it played on the radio. And it was really exciting because it ended up getting played. Oh, great. And that was the first time I'd been played. I think it was Q104, 94.1, I can't remember which one. But it was a really cool opportunity. But there was actually, like, when I looked at the queue, there was a lot of local artists that were doing the same thing. Mm. And, I mean, it was, you know, they were getting hundreds of dollars donated to Children's Mercy so that, you know, their fans were wanting to get their stuff on the radio. So it's something I want to work on um, to just try to get on, you know, the stations that people listen to. Because really, like KKFI and 90.9, a lot of people don't know about them. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, it's I not like a main, they're not mainstream radio or anything like that. Yeah. But that's the conundrum, Community I think, radio, everybody. Really. It's like when you listen to those mainstream stations, they're all owned by the same, you know, giant corporation or, or Cumulus. Or, yeah. And so they've got programming. It's kind of like our newspapers. 
Yeah. I would argue same thing with Kansas City Star. No offense to anybody that works there. Mm-hmm. There just is no coverage of the local community. And that's why it was such yeah. a bummer when the bu- the buzz uh, recently ended the homegrown buzz program. Yeah. Because that was a real break for a lot of artists. I think of like the greeting committee. You know, that, <coughs> yeah. was, that, that was a huge boost for them. Well, and something with with uh, we'll call it pop country now is that like they like the rootsy stuff or the more Amer- Americana stuff just isn't even on the radar I feel like yeah. mm-hmm. and if it is it's like Chris Stapleton yeah. or something you know what I mean it's yeah. not like like they didn't even honor John Prine at the CMA Awards right. like what are we doing right like what like that doesn't even compute in my brain of how that could even get by anyone there right but, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of like a more overall like they're wanting the pop country stuff more than more than the actual like heart and meat of it you know? right right and that's that's kind of radio overall too it's not just a that's not just a country radio thing it's yeah. kind of a everything thing right well and that's i'm thinking of a young artist that's coming here i just saw a show now it's coulter wall like i i i love and i'm sure a million people say this this cliche almost this point i love old country music mm-hmm. i don't know what it is that they're playing on the radio these days it's the same thing with like heavy metal at some point it just got yeah. to be so confectionary sugary sweet mm-hmm. that it was hurting my original so i just i don't listen to it but then i hear some younger artists again i don't know a lot about Coulter wall and i'm like why is he why don't i hear him on some of these other commercial radio stations mm-hmm. the bridge would play something like that mm-hmm. but but i think it's important too you know just being able to have your song played on the radio it's a statement for an artist too yeah. you know we we've done some college radio campaigns with our artists and like you said we, we feel very proud when we get them played in other places so like how do we make that happen in our own town mm-hmm. if we expect to be able to do that across the country yeah right? you know totally yeah well do you, do you ever work with um kj and lawrence because ever submit anything to kjhk um i need to i've kind of emailed with them a few different times but haven't got anything set up oh they're wonderful mm-hmm. I they, heard they're like going on a summer break or something yes but they the, would be now yeah. but, so. but they'll still record things over the summer and I'm okay. happy to introduce you to I mean they just changed new staff because the kids graduated and got new positions but they normally record in the union and they've been recording stuff in the lead center in the building next to it so it's not the main theater mm-hmm. but they produce really high quality videos they'll play your music on the radio and again You've got a you've got a good audience there. You know, younger mm-hmm. 20, 21 year olds that want to explore something new, and they want to re- come out and be able to see you mm-hmm. in Lawrence. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a natural connection. And for what's you. the what's the one that's out at K State? I used to do stuff with them uh, what, too. A lot. What are I their call remember. letters? I've got it all in a database and a spreadsheet at home. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's a really I would say I think for again I'm going back to Lily and for you know what mm-hmm. you're trying to do that's very attractive for again younger people I think they're just much more open to embracing what we talked about inclusivity as far as music whether mm-hmm. it's gender or, or genre or sexuality or whatever if it's yeah. good music and especially if they can see it in their town then they want to they want to have a piece of it mm-hmm. it looks like they changed it recently it's 91.9 Wildcat which is not what I I knew it was 91.9 but hmm. It wasn't the Wildcat. Yeah, it wasn't okay. that before. Yeah, that K State's only like an hour fifteen from where we live, yeah. so yeah, it'd be easy commute to get to know them. Um, yeah, when I think about just artists that you know are doing well, I don't. I feel like radio has got to still be such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, to us, I mean, I feel like we probably listen to 
CDs and streaming. You know, I rarely turn yeah. on the radio because I know I'm not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But right. to like, you know, my family, they turn on the radio. Yeah. Right. And um, they learn to love what's on the radio. And I've heard like you have to a new song. Normally it takes like five times hearing it to really love it. Right. Well, so, when something you get into with radio is uh, I remember doing this when I was uh, trying to find PR stuff for uh, Pink Royal is there was a whole nother PR leg of just PR, PR for radio. Yeah. So they they would help you get the placements at all those places. Once again, you have to pay for it. It ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. <laughs> That's the uh, but it, it's another one of those things that, and a lot of people say that's pay to play. It's like, yeah, sometimes you got to play the game a little and you have to, if the whole object is to get your music in front of more people, right? right. So you're just, if you're putting money into that, it's really not at a terrible loss. You know? I, 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 we equated it to with both of Calvin's records and with Fritz's record and the Black Creatures records. We did college radio campaigns for all of them. Like if mm-hmm. we're going to pay for press, why not play, pay some money to have some people have this actually spun? And we would get like reports right. to see. And then yep. we would reach out and contact the individual stations, which led to interviews in Lincoln, Nebraska. Or right. we, got, we got a bunch of love up in Canada with the Black Creatures. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And so we've developed relationships. And, oh, we have a jazz festival. You guys want to come this summer? Well, we would, but there's pandemic. But as soon as we can and you allow us back into your country, <laughs> right, exactly. we'd love to come see you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really... The one thing I leave with that, Jenna, though, is I listen to the radio through my laptop. I'm, I am not in the car very often, to be honest. And so, you know, with technology these days, yeah. and I think we talked about with the bridge, even KKFI, archive programs, I listen live from my computer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is probably my main source of consumption other than CDs and records that I buy. Mm-hmm. So there, there are people out there listening. Um, and then when they hear you, like you said, and they're going to run into you at your show, like, I heard John River Trade. Right. Yeah. Now I want that t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am, yeah. this is great, Jenna. I'm really appreciative of you, first of all, being brave to sit with us guys in this <laughs> steamy room <laughs> for it's well funny. over an hour now. Hey, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And it's I'm, nice to, you know, I really like uh, the business side of things. Like, it's annoying, but at the same time, like... I want to figure it out. I want to figure out how to make money with music and how to get my music heard so that I can, you know, and the artists that I work, that I work with. And I think it's possible. And I think, you know, with social media today, like you can really find your own audience. Like I think right. Instagram, and this is just my current thinking, like with hashtags and stuff, like I've had people discover my music through Instagram and it's a really great yeah. platform. Yeah. And you can, you know, just kind of find your own community. Um, it's just a really great time to, like, be in a business, your own business. Just completely agree with you. And, I mean, I think that is the idea. Talking with you, maybe back in October, we said, when we had a, a phone call together. Or was it a Zoom call? That's the approach we're taking as a label is to make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to release music because we think it's good music because we support the artists. Right. But at the end of the day, actually, we want this to be a sustainable business. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to hear other label owners thinking, yeah, I'd like to do this forever. Yeah. I'd like to build something here. And it's like, you know, some people are like, oh, I love music so much. I don't like the business side. It's like, well, we love it so much that we want it to be our business and we want to do it every day, all day. <laughs> and do it yes. right. Yeah. And that's like whenever we find people that they want to do that too, you know, mm-hmm. 
it's it's something really special to get to work with people that are on that same level as you and just to be here with you guys kind of talking about talking through things because you know things have changed so much even since i released my album four years ago mm-hmm. and you know four years ago vinyl wasn't like a normal thing to get right it was cool but i had never even thought about getting that in 2018 right. and now it's like i feel crazy to be releasing a record without getting vinyl to yeah. have having yeah. it there on release day yeah. seems yeah. absurd you know Com- completely agree and i I think you pointed out something is I think sometimes artists and or labels it like money or making money is almost a dirty concept like oh that's like you know hurting the purity of the art or oh it's demeaning the value it's like selling out no actually it's not it's gonna allow you <laughs> to be able to do what you want to do forever mm-hmm. <laughs> in whatever way you want to it doesn't mean you have to make compromises or bow down to the man or whatever the woman in your case mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a it's a business. Yeah. So find ways to be efficient and mm-hmm. maximize and you know yeah. learn from your mistakes, which we do probably a hundred times a day. Yep. You know, being able to create something and then make money off of it is, you know, it's a very special thing. Heck <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. And yeah, fulfilling. You are a special person, Jenna Ray. I'm so happy that you could spend some time with Chris and I today. Um, everybody to get what's the best way for people to find you? LostCowgirlRecords.com, right? Uh, TheLostCowgirl.com is actually oh, where we're at. Right. Yeah, I was trying to encompass kind of everything that we do by just being it. We're just TheLostCowgirl.com. We're Lost Cowgirl Records on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, do you do that Twitter action? Yes. Oh, we can't, I can't get into it. I mean, uh, we have an lot. account. I just, oh, really? Well, it's, it's just a lot to do all of them, I but I try that. to, I, I, we're on there. Okay. Um, but I will say, yeah, like to me, Instagram is my best platform right now. If anybody wants to just reach out and say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, check it. I mean, I check all of them every day. That's the but, next question. Best way for people to contact you. Yeah. Is just, it email or socials? Whatever. Track Lost you down Cowgirl Records at gmail.com or... Um, my Jenna Ray music on uh, Instagram, you can reach out there. Okay. Or just stop by the Song Swap every Thursday. Yeah, every It'll Thursday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She'll yep. We won't be, be there. there. Actually, I should say that we're not going to be there next Thursday because we got a show in Oklahoma. And I was wanting to say something about Oklahoma. Heck yeah. Um, so I went uh, with my friend Damaris. We had a Song Swap in Oklahoma. She invited me to be a part of, and we ended up going. We took Friday night off and went to this big venue that she had, or that they have there. That Damaris was like, "You just have to see this. It's kind of like Knuckleheads, only." Um, what city is this, Jenna? Sorry, uh, not Oklahoma City. We played the show in Oklahoma City. Um, it was on the way there that this other venue is at. Um, okay, I but can it was put like information this, in the links. I mean, I can put links in. Yeah. Info. Um, but there's this big venue similar to knuckleheads it was just like a big dance floor mm-hmm. and you know oklahoma i know it's more like country i think than we are here in kansas city um but they had you know maybe eight bands that played at this event mm. and a lot several of them were doing the song swaps which i was before this i was thinking man i'm crazy to be hosting this song swap every week and i was thinking maybe it needs to be monthly or i don't know well, they, in Oklahoma, a lot of times, that's like the opening act is a song swap. Two people that are just doing their yeah. songs and swapping songs back and forth. And the girl that we ended up playing a show with, we did like a songwriter round for our show. Um, she said she got an opportunity to open for a pretty big band. 
and yeah. she ended up inviting one of her friends to do a song swap with her. And I just thought, how interesting. Like, if I got some great opening slot, I would think, all right, I would not think to just, like, grab a friend to just, like, share the stage and swap songs mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of their culture there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, this show we went to on Friday night, it was all local bands, packed place, people dancing, young people. Wow. And I was thinking, why don't we have this, you know, in Kansas City? And... You know, there's a lot of great places to play shows, um, but I, you know, just having like the young people really interested and really supported, yeah. I feel like we're kind of missing that yeah. in this area, unless you're a musician or like somehow a part of the scene. The, the Brick kind of, I mean, I know Fritz and his partner Allison too, they were the younger bucks or does or <laughs> sure that works in there, but yeah, yeah. like Knuckleheads. Again, amazing, all local artists, but the average age was probably older than me. So mm-hmm. we're talking like yeah. 60s. It's right, interesting, right. interesting crew there. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think, um, again, having having some other these other, again, alternative venues or spaces to get that started, maybe that leads to mm-hmm. perhaps a bigger venue. I'm saying we're going to, we're going to, can we bring that in on here on mm-hmm. Wednesday nights? Maybe not every week, but every other Wednesday or something like that to build it up. I think you're, you're building something special there. Who knows? Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, we kind of thought the idea, had the idea of like, okay, let's, you know, get bigger bands to play and then have like a song, songwriter round opening, you know, yeah. get people to really get used to listening to like original music. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was interesting when I was at this venue in Oklahoma, it's not like people were, it wasn't like a listening room, but people were singing along and really loving just one person singing their original song. And they, a lot of them knew these artists that yeah. were, you know, I would say, lo- their local scene, but people, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of love for them and a lot of yeah. support. And I think part of that, also my evaluation came from Oklahoma has a lot of big artists that have come from there and they have a lot of pride in their mm. local artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think of Kansas City, like who do we have that's gone out and gotten really big and then you know, do they come back and have shows and then get like locals to open? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I know people are, everyone's focused on their own careers. Um, You've touched on, I mean, Chris, Jenna's touched on about 10 topics that we've had. (laughs) The same conversation, like Brett and Cook from him, how do we get young people involved? And you're the first person to say like, how do you get people to be comfortable with their original music and not expect a cover band or the greatest hits. And I don't have any problems with cover bands either. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I'm just saying that is a hurdle. And if you haven't been exposed to it at a young age where it's normal for you at 16, 18, 21, 25 to see original music, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to start doing it when you're 30. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to go to the show at Sprint Center. You're going to know it's to them, to the Midland or whatever, to see the established artists. Yeah. So, and then, then that goes back to the schools. Why don't we have enough arts education programs in the schools to teach kids for, you know, gener- it's the, generative songwriting? Because it's the first thing that gets cut every time. I know, Chris. That was a <laughs> <laughs> rhetorical question. Well, yeah. and then we talk about artist mentorship. That What a great program they're doing, you know, getting songwriting skills, Heartland Song Network. Mm-hmm. And the thing we're talking about at PH Coffee tomorrow morning at 930 is let's do some demo dips let's encourage people young people old people to submit some music of their own music you know and that just becomes a normal thing mm-hmm. we could go a lot longer which is usually the case we kind of stayed within our limits today um, Jenna we wish you the best of luck first of all with some exciting dates coming up with a record release 
super excited about everything you're doing. Martin, we'd love to sit down and talk with him sometime as well, too. Pick his brain. Oh, yeah. It seems like you two are like just renaissance couple. You use that word <laughs> a lot on this program, so I'm not speaking in lofty terms. You do a lot of different great things. And again, thanks for your service. Being on the front lines this past year and a half and moving forward as a nurse. Yes. Um, looking forward to partnering with you in a lot of different ways in the future. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on here. It's like looking at the lineup of everybody that you've had. So you've had some some great people at your podcast so far. This has been a lot of fun. It's it's all Chris. He lures them in. Uh, and he doesn't know I'm moving in tomorrow. This will be my three out of four days <laughs> at the Maori household. Let's wrap it up there. Kansas City, stay safe, stay strong. Peace out.